Yesterday, Kevin Durant said that I was a trash comedian. I'm like, what do you say fuck me for? Dang, bro, why you get personal? I ain't talking about that monstrosity sitting on top of your head. I kept it basketball. You said that offense wins championships instead of defense winning championships, and I disagreed. I said it's probably the thinking that you have is why you haven't got close to competing for a title since leaving Golden State. Because during Golden State's run, they had a top three defensive efficiency. That's a fact. Well, since defense isn't as important, explain this to me, Eddie Kane Jr. In the modern era of basketball, the Hall of Famers with the most titles, Kareem, Jordan, Pippen, Rodman, Kobe, Tim Duncan. They have at minimum eight all defensive selections. Not a bunch of scoring titles between all of them. All have a significant amount of all defense selections. You know what Kevin Durant has never had? I know you're thinking waves and you're right, but Kevin Durant has never had an all defensive selection. The funny thing is the only team that has had a bad defensive efficiency and still won the title is the 0-1 Lakers. And they had Kobe and Shaq. And ironically, both of them were all defensive selections that year. So even when there's a bad team defense, you still need your best players to be top tier on the defensive end. But I'll do you one better. You know who put an end to that Lakers dynasty? The Detroit Pistons. Our only Hall of Famer on the team is Ben Wallace, who averaged a whopping six points a game through his career. Defense. But I wouldn't expect you to know anything about defense, Kevin Durant, because playing defense takes heart. And after you joined the Golden State Warriors, after losing a 3-1 lead to them, we all knew you didn't have heart. But my question is, why would you join them if scoring is what wins championships? Because you were the leading scorer in the league the year before that, and Russ, your teammate, won the scoring title the year after. You, The two best scoring dudes in the entire league was on the same team. Why would you leave? And even though you were supposed to be the best scorer in the league, you were up 3-1, and what did you do in game five? You went 12 of 31 from the field. What did you do in game six? You went 10 of 31 from the field. So either the Warriors locked y'all up defensively to get past you, which would make defense more important, or you're a choke artist. Which one is it? Which one is it? And then you have the nerve to name yourself Easy Money Sniper. You know what a sniper is? A killer. You know what a sniper is? Accurate. Those are two things you are not whenever a team is dependent on you to carry them to victory. That's why it makes sense that you went over to Golden State. They had already shown that they were killers and that they were winners. See, you only look like a killer whenever other killers are already in the room with you. You're like, not a sniper. You're the dude with the pea shooter. You just add a little bit on top, like the nigga in Harlem Nights. See, in the game of basketball, when a team's best player gets hurt, the team suffers tremendously. When you got hurt in the playoffs when you was with Golden State, they still won the Western Conference Finals. They still went on to the finals. And if Clay Thompson didn't get hurt, they probably would have won without you, which is what Draymond told you to your face when y'all were arguing that they were winning before you and they'll win after you. And you left Golden State after that. And what they do, won without you because they didn't need a pea shooter. See, Kevin, you're just the scorer. And not only are you a scorer, you're a scorer who doesn't score whenever your team needs you to score the most. See, if offense was what it took, then Mike D'Antoni would have several rings. 
That Phoenix Suns offense was the best offense I've ever seen in my life. They got Steve Nash, two MVPs. That's twice as many as you, by the way, Kevin. Why doesn't Steve Nash have a ring? He doesn't even have a finals appearance. But you believe that offense is the way to go. So when you left Golden State, you went over to the Nets and you had them hire Steve Nash as your coach. You're the best scorer. He was on the best offensive scoring team of all time. All this offense, you added, you know what I mean, James Harden, and you added Kyrie Irving. So much offense. Why you get swept in the first round of the playoffs to the defensive-minded Celtics? Mr. Offense, explain it to me. Explain it to me. The only thing in that series that was more abysmal than the aerial view of your scout was your shooting percentage in that series. But even though I've given you all these facts, you probably still disagree with me because you're an idiot that doesn't care anything about facts. So you're going to continue to stack your Phoenix Suns team with a bunch of scores. I suggest all you scoring niggas focus on the defensive end because your scoring is good enough that you're going to score anyway. That's how you win a title. But go ahead, try to outscore everybody. And you and your cradle caps will be sent home again in the playoffs. Talk. I like cash talk. Throwing ones while she look back. I call that bag talk. It's some money's here. It's some tens in here. Niggas hating from the crowd. Don't get touched in here. We brought girls in here. Don't lose your girl in here. Ain't a hoe that we don't know with all my bros in here. All this ice on me. Don't get cold in here. I fuck her and her friend and they both in here. I don't say too much. My name talk to me. Gotta be a nine to ten or you can't talk to me. Shoes cost fifteen hundred. I can't walk for free. This smile's worth a million dollars. I can't talk for free. Move, 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 move. All this money here, bring that money here. You can't come in here. We get coming. We are back. We are back. Fresh off the vacay. Yes, this is King Nona Uncensored. We got New Music Fridays. The return of King Nona. y'all miss me probably didn't but who gives a fuck man let's get to the real shit let's get to the quicker news before we get to the bigger news so i seen that writer strike that was going on and i seen like a lot of the royalties and the residuals that 
some of these actors are receiving from that writer strike, I was like, whoa. Like I seen that lady, uh, Brandy Evans from P Valley, which is a, you know, a popular show. That lady is not no. That lady ain't making shit off of that show. The residual checks that I seen, crazy. And then there was this actress that was on Orange Is the New Black. Orange Is the New Black been running for a minute. You know what I'm saying? Like the show ain't on no more, to my knowledge. But I seen a check for twenty seven dollars and fifty cent, bro. And it was, and, you know, and the little royalties was like zero point two, like twenty six cents. As popular as Orange Is the New Black was, nigga, and. They only got like $27.50. They couldn't, couldn't get $200. That is fucking wild to me. I couldn't believe looking at these fucking checks. I was like, whoa. Wow. My thoughts on this is I see why there was a strike. I get it. Yeah, they definitely deserve more money. Everybody that acts on these shows deserves way more money. Because it's a piece of shit industry right now. All around. Pete Rock, man. The great Pete Rock. If you're unfamiliar about who Pete Rock is, he's one of the greatest producers to ever do this thing in music. He's one of the greatest producers, like, of all time. And he was in a group with CL Smooth and they collaborated to make one of the greatest hip hop songs of all time. And when they reminisce over you and he comes out <clears throat> to defend Heavy D, who was also his cousin and said, basically, <clears throat> how could you do 50 years of hip hop? And not mention Heavy D. He has a point. Heavy D had a great 10-year run. I think it was from... I think he came out 87. And then I would say his run ended around 98, 99. But he had a hell of a career with Heavy D and the boys. And a pretty good solo career of his own as well I mean Heavy D is one of the hundred greatest rappers of all time hella underrated lyrically super underrated lyrically definitely deserved a tribute for sure of somebody to perform something of his oh future Hendrix god damn this nigga here. That's all we can say about Future is this nigga here. So he takes a shot at him on Quavo's new song, right? Quavo put out a new record. Right? Turn your click up. And, you know, Future says, I got it out of the field. Fuck Russell. I was like, whoa. 
Like this man is taking care of your son, treating him like like a son. You know what I'm saying? I don't know. You remember that movie, The Perfect Holiday, when it was a uh, Gabrielle Union and Morris Chestnut, and then Charlie Murphy was the rapper and shit. That's Future. Future is Jay Jizzy, man. Pause. Pause on that. But that's the name of the character in the movie. This is a damn shame. Like, this nigga just can't... He just can't get enough of being that toxic guy. Now, the question is... Is is he doing this for clout? Or is he doing this because he's still in his feelings? Because... Mind you, Future has many songs talking about Sierra. You know, he subliminally dissed Future, I mean, not Future, but uh, Russell Wilson and Sierra on various songs. Especially that Timberland song, UFO. If you hear that Timberland song called UFO, Future directly talks about Sierra. I mean, I think it's a little bit of both clout, clout and bitterness. Yeah, man, this shit's crazy to me. Like, this nigga Future is still out here like dissing, man. That's wild as fuck to me. I mean, don't get me wrong. Fuckery is, um... Fuckery is a guilty pleasure. It just is for me, man, because Future is wilding the fuck out, man. Summer League Championship has been decided. It is the Houston Rockets versus the Cleveland Cavaliers. Now, we're at the point of the Summer League where... A lot of the earlier lottery picks, they sit out this part of it. So, it's going to be Houston versus Cleveland as Cam Whitmore and the Houston Rockets take on Imani Bates, Sam Merrill, and the Cleveland Cavaliers. That's going to be really good. I think it comes on Monday night at 9 p.m. Man, crazy. This is a huge, huge look. And I had told motherfuckers about Cam Whitmore. He fell way too low in the draft. This is a top five pick to me. And he's showing the world what the fuck's up. Now, moving on. I mean, who I... Well, before I move on, like, who I think gonna win this game? I think it's gonna be Cleveland. Cleveland's had the best run. I mean, yes, they're both undefeated in the Summer League, and yes, there will be more Summer League games. But, wow. This is a good matchup. I didn't expect it because I thought Victor was going to stick around, but I guess he didn't. (laughs) 
So Kyrie Irving has signed a five-year endorsement deal with Chinese sportswear brand Anta or Anta, whatever, however it's pronounced, plus the unique position of chief creative officer at the company. Industry sources told The Athletic that uh, Irving's management company, A11, even negotiated the deal. Congratulations, Kyrie Irving. It's good that he's bouncing back and he's doing it on his own. Now, the crazy part is Kyrie has the power with this uh, sneaker and its brand to contact other athletes to sign on to get their shoe deals. All right, Kyrie, get your Rich Paul on, nigga. Shout out to Kyrie, man. Bobo is officially a Phoenix Sun. They've been talking for a couple of weeks now, and we finally get the good news that Bobo is officially a Phoenix Sun. My thoughts on this? I mean, hey, they lost their power forward, Jock Landale, you know what I'm saying, to free agency. So... Bowl probably is going to start. It, it could be a high possibility he could start. Maybe. Depends on how Phoenix wants to do things because they definitely plan on starting Beal, Booker, Durant, and Aiton. And that last spot could be Josh Okoge or Bobo. I would assume that hopefully they would start Bobo. They, uh, Phoenix also said goodbye to campaign. This guy's been around the, the Suns organization for quite a while. I'm surprised they traded him. But however, Phoenix needed second rounders bad. So, Phoenix acquired three second rounders from Orlando for a pick swap. Great move. And then they traded Cameron Payne, a second-round pick, and cash to the Spurs for a future second-round pick. So these guys got four second-round picks. Because you remember the Bradley Beal deal, I think it was like six second-rounders. I'm just amazed right now. Does that move the needle for Phoenix? Absolutely. I mean, you got a team right now that's Beal, Booker. I'm, I got to go off the top of the head. Kevin Durant, Bobo, Aiton, Eric Gordon, Ish Rain Wright. Um, I'm not sure if Terrence Ross is a free agent. Damian Lee's still there. I, I, Josh Okoge. I don't know if Bismack Miyambo's still there. If he's still there, then that, that might be a good look. But Phoenix right now is decent, but I still think um, they're missing a, a, a sixth and a seventh man. They just traded their sixth man. I mean, could Damian Lee play one of those roles? Sure. But they need a sure bet off the bench if they're going to win a championship. Just like Denver did. They had Bruce Brown. 
San Antonio gaining pain. How does this help San Antonio? It helps them a lot. They need good guard play. I mean, Trey Jones was decent last year, but he's not campaign. And I think that campaign is going to have a breakout season with the Spurs. Maybe put up 15, 16 a game. Him and Victor Wembenyama, definitely going to be fast friends there. LeBron James. Oh, boy. Oh, this guy. I mean, I haven't talked about their king in so long. It's about that time to have the classic King Known Talking Shit version show up to the King Known Uncensored. Because this dude just does anything for clout. This dude clout chases like no other. Like, I mean, I saw some of the, I saw bits and pieces of the ESPYs. I really didn't care. Don't like the ESPYs. Haven't liked the ESPYs since Stuart Scott passed. But, you know, if you just listen to his entire speech on the ESPYs, this nigga just feeds for attention. This nigga wants to steal the spotlight from everybody. Like an athlete does something good, LeBron has to jump on it, on every fucking thing. I'm like, dude, like when Steph Curry... You remember Steph Curry was playing golf and shit. LeBron James had to step in and do that. The Nuggets won a championship. LeBron's like, oh, man, I don't know if I'm going to be here. He go upstage on the ESPYs and whatever and just is like, well, you know, I'm not retiring. Nigga, who gives a fuck? Seriously. Nobody gives a fuck if you unretired, nigga. <laughs> they give a fuck if you retire. What kind of type nigga is this? This nigga is like a top level narcissist. This is like ghost from power level narcissism here. Like this dude made a speech about himself. <laughs> it's just like, dog. I never seen a guy so much in love with themselves like LeBron James in any facet of life it's just like he's just a all time god level clout chaser and this ain't hate this is just me diagnosing one's psyche and one's behavior it's like this dude want to be all in the videos all on the record dancing this nigga don't never want to take a backseat to nobody. And this is why you're four and six in the finals, nigga. You got to let somebody take else take over, which leads me to my next segment. Should the, I mean, I know I bring this up a lot, but should the Lakers trade Anthony Davis and LeBron James? I say yes. You want to know why? Because that current Lakers team right now. If those guys had more opportunities, like, say, for example, D'Lo, Austin Reeves, Rui Hashimura, right? You could build a team around those three guys. You could. And then just, you know, sign free agents. I mean, you got, you, you know, the Lakers had a good offseason. 
I mean, Jalen Hushafino, he looks good. You bring back your core. Anthony Davis stayed healthy for the entire playoff run, which was a shock. But you could get so much for AD and LeBron. You could. You could get three good players. You could get some first-round picks because the Lakers sure don't have no goddamn first-round picks. You need first-round picks. Now, is AD and, and LeBron a luxury to have on your team? Yes. But here's the problem, though. LeBron is in his 21st year. Like, he ain't got that much time left. Anthony Davis is young, but his body is LeBron's age. I mean, while you know, you could trade AD while the iron is hot and get some players to build around this young core that you're building here. As I said, you have Rui, you have Austin, you have D'Lo, you got Gabe Vincent now. You got Vanderbilt, who's really good. The team is just as crazy without AD and LeBron. I mean, me, I would be on the phone trying to see what I could get for them because you can get a star player. You can get a star player, multiple role players, and multiple first-round picks. All things that the Lakers need. But my spidey senses say that they're going to try to roll with this shit here. I know what you're thinking. Quentin, why would why would you fucking trade two top ten players? Easy for assets for the future. LeBron has set back a lot of franchises' futures. Lucky for Miami, they have Pat Riley. But Cleveland had to rebuild their team multiple times. You know? They hit the park place and boardwalk on Monopoly every time LeBron leaves the team. And it's not because LeBron holds so much weight. It's just because everybody leaves alongside him. Or is traded. Or whoever came in with Bron gets traded. Or goes somewhere else in free agency. Then not to mention, Max Christie balling in Summer League. You did get Jackson Hayes and Cam Reddish and Torian Prince. Hell, that's a good-ass team, in my opinion. It's a real good-ass team. I don't think they're going to win a championship, but I wouldn't be surprised if they got to the finals. Oh, Mariah Mills. This bitch. Yes, I said bitch. I don't give a fuck, women's groups. Sue me. But this bitch is a bitch. This hoe won't stop. This fucking whore. Yes, she's a whore. She's a porn star. What do you call porn stars? Hoes. Sluts. Bitches. Skanks. 
Scallywabs and Scallywops. This bitch gonna get online and start fake crying and claim that the boy Zion beat her. Cue up that 50 cent. Murder. I don't believe you, murder. <laughs> this broad needs a psychiatric evaluation. Something is completely wrong with her. And then she gonna expose herself by saying, oh, but Zion promised me this. Zion promised me that. X amount of money. Well, you clearly not getting the money now, bitch. You just not. You don't deserve nothing. Like my nigga Dollar Bill say, you don't get nothing. You don't deserve nothing. If I raise up, it's going to be trouble, trouble. And then this has fucked up Zion's head so fucking much that he has expressed that he has had suicidal thoughts. My prayers go out to Zion for that, you know? It's crazy because a lot of people can't handle money, can't handle fame, can't handle women, you know what I'm saying? And that goes back to who raised him. You know, you got to think about it. This is a country boy. That's been sheltered. And once you let, let those sheltered people out into the world, they go fucking crazy. Like, I, I, I hope Zion gets those thoughts off, off his mind and refocuses on himself on what really matters, which is his career and his money. You know, he's about to be a father. But this brought Mariah Mills, man, is a piece of shit. Just bottom line. So Zion went on the uh, Gilbert Arenas joint. And, you know, Zion, you know, he admitted that it's been tough. For him to have a lot of money and to avoid particular foods. Well, my nigga, the good news for you is healthy food is expensive food. And there are versions of what you like to eat. The diet version. You understand what I'm saying? They can take that grease out that chicken. You can get diet chips. You can get healthy chips. You can get healthy soda. They got diet Coke, nigga. That was the only thing I didn't care for in that interview that Zion said. That having a lot of money is hard to avoid food. No, nigga. That's a mental thing. That's not a money thing. This is because you could afford all the big bougie restaurants and shit. You could get healthy shit at boozy restaurants, you know. You don't have to get crab legs, legs all dipped in butter. You don't have to get 
filthy burgers from Five Guys and drink 80 cans of so- uh, soda pop. There are healthier options out there. But um, the Gilbert Arenas uh, podcast cats, you know, they encouraged him. You know, they uplifted this brother because he's going through a tough time. You know, he just made a cameo appearance on that show. I mean, Zion does have good qualities about himself. He's not really a bad guy. He's just misguided and needs like... He needs a village. He needs a village because he's still a kid in the mind. He may be 22, 23 years old, but a lot of his mannerisms and his behaviors are childlike. And he just needs the right group of people to guide him. Dame and Dre, Dre, Dame and Draymond versus Jordan Poole. Man, I forgot about this story, but man, so Damian Lillard is playing this one game and Jordan Poole is just talking mad shit. And Dame is off the first the entire first half. So he goes into the second half and lights Golden State up. The next game he plays against them. Dame is just telling this dude, like, shut the fuck up, nigga. Next thing you know, Damian Lillard goes for 60 on the Warriors. You know? Oh, man, that shit is crazy. It's a crazy story. I mean, it could have been premonition of him getting the fuck up out of there. But that was a wild story, though. With Portland, speaking of Dame, with Portland Trailblazers cooling off trade talks with Miami on Damian Lillard, the Oklahoma City Thunder have discussed internally the potential frameworks of a deal that would bring Damian Lillard to Oklahoma City. You know, I also heard a, a, a side report that the Miami thing might be still on. Miami is offering up their whole future for Dame. Plus three players. But hey, Oklahoma City got the assets to get Dame, to steal Dame away from Miami. Oklahoma City has a shit ton of picks. They could literally just trade the goddamn Trailblazers eight first-round picks and pick up Dame. Can you imagine Dame, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Josh Giddy, and Chet Holmgren? Because, you know, in order for them to get Dame, I could see them shipping out Trey Mann. I could see them shipping out both Jalen Williams dudes. Because of, you know, how much of a stud Casey Wallace is. I can see them putting together a package like that and maybe about five or six first. Oklahoma City can do that. 
Will they steal Dame? Probably not. Is Lil Baby falling off? Because, you know, I'm hearing reports of his shows being canceled due to low ticket sales. Is Lil Baby not good live? I just want to know something. I'm confused. I mean, Lil Baby's second album wasn't as good. I mean, third, yeah, his third album, according to some, wasn't as good as his second album, which is true. I thought it was exceptional, but not the little baby that I knew. So I don't know, man. His run could be over because there's a new group of rappers out there that are hot, and most of them are women. Now, if y'all listen to my intro, Ryan Davis destroyed Kevin Durant, man. And Kevin Durant, I have my own opinion about him. Like, I used to think Kevin Durant was the shit. Like, on 2K, I would call Kevin Durant the devil. Because he was so fucking good. Pause. But, however, ever since... He won those two championships at Golden State. We, you know, Kevin Durant could never get it done as the number one guy. So much so that he's had to create other super teams. One in uh one in Brooklyn and one in Phoenix. And it just seems like every time Kevin Durant, you know is needed by his team to finish the job he never finishes it it seems like he needs other people to do his work for him and if he does attain another championship it'll be cheap just like his other two rings are cheap cheap meaning you know it's just like what Charles Barkley says he a bus rider not a bus driver he a rider And you know where he got that from. You know where he got that blueprint from. Your king. He took what LeBron did and made it even more egregious. And that cheapens his legacy as an all-time great. He is an all-time great. He is a great talent. Not great defensively. He was only great defensively. On Golden State. Other than that, you know, the last few years, he's been a mid-pack. Not going to front. Barely hanging on to that top 10 spot in the league. I mean, he's experienced a first-round exit, a second-round exit, and another second-round exit. He hasn't even been back to the conference finals since Golden State. And Golden State went there that last year without him. And, you know, Ryan Davis was called a piece of shit comedian for disagreeing with Kevin Durant. And you want to know something? I'm, I didn't know Ryan Davis was like this. That Give that nigga a... Yo, he should have his own sports podcast. I ain't gonna cap. Just like your boy. 
He should really have like a podcast or something. Because that was great work by uh, Ryan Davis to completely fucking destroy Kevin Durant, who has been known as an internet bully all these years. And now Ryan Davis showed that you don't diss comedians. You don't diss a comedian, bro. Because comedians know how to chop your head off. And Ryan Davis completely destroyed this man. I just couldn't believe it. And then, then he go, then KD go talk about where's the facts. He hit you with a lot of facts, my boy. You not making the all defensive team and you not putting the effort towards the def- towards the defensive end has cost you multiple rings. It cost you in OKC. It cost you in Brooklyn. And it and it's and it costed you last year in Phoenix. I had Phoenix possibly going to the conference finals, but they did run into the defending champs. So, yeah, man, shout out to Ryan Davis. Jalen Brown can possibly sign the richest contract in NBA history. That's crazy, man. And then, you know, Jason Tatum is right behind him. Jalen Brown is expected to sign biggest contract in NBA history worth up to $304 million, seven, including $70 million on the final year. God damn. That's a lot of cheese. You can wipe your ass with 20s, nigga. I mean, Jalen Brown is elite. Don't get me wrong. But does he deserve $304 million? Absolutely the fuck not. I don't think any NBA player, except maybe Michael Jordan, deserved that kind of money. Jordan probably the only nigga that deserved that kind of money. The only nigga, I believe. I don't even think Kobe deserved $304 million. It's just probably one guy. Now, Kobe might have deserved $250, $275, but $304? That's too much. But, however, the Celtics want to keep Brown. That's obvious because he's been the center of a lot of trade rumors, including Dane. But I'm sure Dame don't want to play for no Celtics. But fuck it, man. Sign that contract. Make that money. Get paid, young nigga. Get paid. Now, let's get to these music reviews. Let's start off with King Combs, man. King Combs dropped an EP to, uh, Friday called C3. I'm fresh off a of vacation, so pardon me for my tardiness and lateness. We're going to get off to flying 
Flyest in the City, featuring Fabulous, A Boogie with the Hoodie, and Jeremiah. Um, I like this record. It samples um, Can't You See by Total. Been sampled by many artists. And, um, yeah, I like the record. Fatal Attraction featuring Sway Lee. I'm going to just be honest with y'all. This sounds like a broke-ass version of Unforgettable with French Montana. But it's not a bad song. I'm just saying it's been done before. You understand what I'm saying? Move is the song that I played in the intro. I love this record. It's probably my favorite record on here. Incredible. And then Shake It featuring his uh, stepmother, maybe? His stepmother, Young Miami. <laughs> Shake it. Samples. Put my hand up on your head. If you dip, we dip, we dip. My freak nasty and shit. Um, I didn't particularly care for the song. I like the sample, though. But wasn't a big fan of it. All in all, C3 by King Combs. I mean... If you're doing this to garner a buzz for your next project and your next project is maybe three, four months away, then I think it's a good idea. But if this is all you're dropping this year, you did this for nothing. I mean, don't get me wrong. I like two out of the four records. The other two records were... Okay, average. But it's still enjoyable. You know, if you just need four quick tracks, whatever the case may be, you go to C3 by King Combs. Let's move on to King Vaughn. Now, King Vaughn is not alive to, you know, defend himself. You know, the, the, you know, I don't think uh, King Vaughn intended on um, doing this shit. You know, his people... put this shit together so I'm not gonna particularly blame King Von here it's just like with Chinks damn man I wish Chinks and, and King Von were still alive bro crazy and Nipsey because they all would have evolved and gotten way fucking better and they'd be running this rap shit right now not go front So let's get into this King Von album called Grandson. You know, that was his nickname and his moniker. Don't miss typical King Von, raw, angry, and street. Real Oppie featuring G Herbo. Despite me not liking G Herbo, this is one of the highlights of this project. Definitely enjoyed that. Hitman just complete 
gangster rap. Phil Jackson featuring Polo G. I do not like Polo G. I don't like a lot of these niggas, man. I'm sorry. But Polo G is overrated as fuck, in my opinion. But he's had a lot of success in this industry. He's got platinum albums, platinum singles. And I just never could really get into his music like that. I mean, one of the projects I reviewed by him was solid, but I'm not going back and listening to that shit. But Phil Jackson, still a banger. Polo G doesn't ruin it. Robberies was fire. I definitely enjoyed that record. King Von's storytelling ability is his main squeeze. From the Hood featuring Lil Durk. Pretty good track. Not too mad at it. Pressure. This was okay. Jimmy is another one of those storytelling stories that King Von had in the vault. Heartless featuring T Grizzly. Dope. You know, he did this back in 2021. Jealous featuring Breezy Lynn and Tink. Uh, this gives a little bit of New York drill vibes, even though Chicago's where the drill comes from. And uh, Breezy Lynn and Tink do a pretty good job on here. Act Up. This is good album filler. Think I'm a Ho is a banger. That should be a single. And then All We Do Is Drill. Same thing. Should be a single. Gangland featuring 42 Doug. Should have been a, that should be a single as well. Like, that's a banger. Out of the streets featuring Hot Boy and Moneybag Yo. Dope song. I like the song. When I die, that shit is okay. Family Dedication 2 is just King Vaughn and an interlude at the end. All in all, man, honestly, I wish I could have reviewed the other the last two King Vaughn albums. That would have been a joy to like break down. But grandson, it's good. Don't get me, don't get me wrong, but I feel like Vaughn deserved a better project. Cause you know, Vaughn is capable of making a classic album. Not to say his people put put him together a piece of shit. That's not what I'm saying. I definitely enjoyed. A majority of this project but it wasn't what I expected it to be let's just say that I had high expectations of grandson and I was let down only a little bit it's not mediocre but King Vaughn people if y'all got more music of his y'all gotta come up with your best shit and the last but totally not least let's get into East Dave East Now, Dave East dropped his what? This is his second studio album, if I'm not mistaken. It's his second Def Jam project called Fortune Favors the Bold. Very interesting title, in my opinion. Here I go, interlude, pretty much the intro. Come Too Far, produced by Kool and Dre. Featuring Kid Capri. Davies just kicking dope ass rhymes. Pops interlude is just Davies' dad talking. 
still here. That's a that's one of the probably the best album filler on this album. Dave is spitting on here. Long way with Corday. This is a dope record. I like those two getting together and collaborating. Definitely two guys that I listen to heavy. Damn, this record is so fucking catchy, y'all. It's catchy as fuck. Definitely recommend listening to that track. Sex So Good featuring Coyle Ray. I don't know. It's just something missing on that song. It's kind of like a it's kind of like a poor man's version of doing it, basically. My LL Cool J. It's just a poor man's version of that. It's nothing really special about it, but it's not mediocre. Good, good, good. Now, this is a better attempt at a love record. Good, good, good featuring Ghostface Killer, Kaylin Arnold, and Stacey Barth. This is a fire record. Fire record. Probably my favorite song on here. Pops Interlude Part 2. You know, it's just Davies Pops talking again. Hustlers featuring Tyga. This was a single attempt. You know what I'm saying? This is an attempt at a single, and I like it. We Don't Give a Fuck. Definitely one of my favorites. Definitely one of my favorite records on here. Uh, yeah, we don't give a fuck with Dave Issa G Easy. This is the this is one of the singles off the album. I love this record. It's a club banger. I think it should be like a big record, in my opinion. Kyrie interlude. That's just his daughter talking. Can't make this up. Woo! This record is crazy, man. Dope. Still outside interlude. Just another interlude. Dope boy. Woo! Buddha and Grands, man. Hey, man. They work well with Dave East, y'all. This is another fire-ass record. Um, Million off a of rap. Great filler record. Awesome filler record. Good things with Ty Dolla Sign. That was okay. Maybe I expected too much out of that collaboration because their other collaborative work was solid. Rich Problems was the first single off this album. This shit was good. Samples that uh, Drake and Rick Ross. Um, Lord knows. Weirdos featuring Jadakiss. I don't know, man. This record was mid to me. You know, I expected a little bit more out of East and Jada. You know, it was kind of like boring. I hate to say it. I know they were rapping their ass off, but I expected a little bit more excitement when those two got together. Through the mud. This was solid. It's a lot. That was cool. Like a rose. And that was cool. Letter to Kobe. That's his uh, other daughter. This record was dope as fuck. Then Hallway Piss. Produced by RZA. It's probably my second favorite record on here. All in all. Fortune Favors the Bold. Is yet another project. In Davies catalog. That you could say. 
matches a lot of his other projects. Like from Karma 3 to, you know. His other albums and, and catalog. You know, how do how do I how did I get here? Paranoia, a true story, paranoia too. That record that he just put out, Fortune Favors the Bold, is in a in complete line with all of those projects. Now, however, it's not better than Survival or the mixtape that he put out this year with DJ Drama that I'm very high on. That he did with Buddha and Grands that he put out earlier this year. But it's still a good album. It's not album of the year, but it's good though. Like I'm I would play a lot of these songs back. You understand what I'm saying? But other than that, I think that is my show. This is King Known Uncensored. New Music Fridays, the return of King Known, and I'm out this bitch.